I'm drinking a Frez Cow, Greg. That's the are you? Oh shit! Yes, the official BYM cocktail. Was there a That's game right. tonight? No, there <laughs> no. wasn't. Another uh, All Star break started early. Yeah. Oh, that's so, always good. Get them rest and everything. There was not a Rockets game. There also was not a Jazz game. No, it was yeah, mostly I good think. tonight. Everything was good, actually. Yeah. yeah, everything was good. We're getting checks. You know, like shit's going great. Yeah. Oh, my God, <laughs> aren't we all just happy? Uh, <laughs> uh, dude, we are having a hell of a time. I gotta say. Dan, are you having a hell of a time? Where? Yeah. What the? F- Greg just took off. What the fuck was that? Uh, that was. I mean, it's sincerely still a shock to me. Um, and I've been dealing with this asshole. I've only lived in oh. Houston for about two years now, and I'm yeah. still learning, still digging down, drilling to the depths of this man's personal depravity. It's really. <laughs> yeah, we're gonna get into into Ooh. Texas because. Yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah, there's a lot. Yeah, Greg, you're back. That. Thanks for coming back, Greg. Yeah, I'm not sure what happened other than I'm a giant dumbass. So. I, I just thought you were on the way to Philly <laughs> to just like avenge the honor of the Jazz. <laughs> Greg commits uh, domestic terrorism. If I went back there again, situation. I'd have the Hitchbot treatment, man. I lived in <laughs> Philly for a year, and like I've already I've told this story in uh, in our little circle, but I'll go ahead and just tell it here on the pod. But this was like. I don't know, a, a month into living in Philly. And I was in like Northwest Philly in Roxborough, which is kind of like one of the nicer neighborhoods. Um, but to get there, you've got to drive through some super sketchy parts. And I had worked late that night and hopped on I-76, which was a parking lot. So I was like, fuck this. I don't want to wait an hour and a half to get home. Um, so I threw all my Google Maps and got off. And end up kind of just driving a bunch of side streets to get home. And as I'm navigating, my Google Maps tells me, turn right at side of shooting. What? <laughs> and so I turn right and there are like, there are like two ambulances and like nine squad cars, like sirens blaring. Hell like, yeah. Like something out of like the movie Heat, like something nuts. <laughs> and I go, I go home. And of course, the first thing I do is turn on the news. Drug deal gone bad. Five people shot, three dead. Oh hell yeah! This was like my welcome to Philadelphia moment. So, uh, I, nah, I'm good. I, I don't, like. I, I love the like Hitchbot thing though. Like you brought it up too, just because <laughs> it's like it's a little robot that's supposed to record its distance as it cro- crosses the entire country, and it got to Philadelphia, and then some guy in a Randall Cunningham jersey just beat it to death. Yeah, that was a, that was a small moment that encapsulated everything about Philadelphia. Just like a morsel that just says everything you need to know in two minutes or less about that wonderful uh, city, I gotta say. (laughs) The year year I was there, uh, I was actually doing some work for the Eagles and this was like the first- Small flex. Yeah, small flex. Anyway. Swolitarian. Cool cool guy over here. Um, But this was like- Did you try out with Mark Wahlberg? For the yeah, my my football career ended my freshman year. Of, uh, of and then college. Greg started a movie about like what would have happened if he would have been on the terrorist planes on 9-11. I would have stopped him, bro. <laughs> I looked, looked looked at my brother and said, "Get the tables." 
<laughs> I'm actually surprised that hasn't been like the plot for like Ted three or something like that. <laughs> I know. But, okay, I sorry, gotta, Greg. I, no, I got to finish this story. So, like, this is the first Nick Foles run around, and the Eagles make the playoffs, and the Saints make the playoffs for the first time in a few years. And if you remember, like, the wild card, or I think I don't know if it was the wild card game or like the first round of the playoffs, but the uh, Philly won the division and was hosting a playoff game. And a bunch of Saints fans were like, "We want to do the Rocky Run." Like we're gonna ride, we're gonna run from South Philly in the Italian market through Center City up to the art museum steps and just, you know, it'll be a fun little thing. Well, they had to cancel because the majority of the people running or, or organizing the race got death threats. <laughs> no way. Yeah. Like we will kill you if you do this. Oh man. Well, <laughs> you get to do the fake movie run. Yeah. <laughs> The only so city that has like a fictional character as a statue that's worth anything is Detroit with its RoboCop statue. Any other city? I always forget they have that. Yeah, it's always the best just to think about like, oh yeah, remember that movie that just like portrayed us as nothing more than like a hellscape, just like ravaged by capitalism? Anyway, yeah. we made a statue of it. The second like most ironic statue they could build would be a Blake Griffin statue. And uh, I yeah. really would love if they would do I that. Mean, they build a statue for a guy who's just like, why the fuck did they send me here? I'm miserable. A man who's been stranded in the city against. Yeah. Honestly, I mean, just as dystopian. Yeah, like I always like just as dystopian. Yeah, truly. I, I always want... think about like, um, Ky like how desperate Kyle Kuzma is to stay in LA. The way he <laughs> oh tweet, like, oh my, like, please, like, please retweet. If you think LeBron James should be on the all defensive team, he like really wants to stay in LA because like the Instagram girls that he is dating will not follow him to Detroit. Just like Blake Griffin learned once you're in Detroit, dude, you are alone Please out there. Please do not so. send me to Indiana. I am begging you. Do not send once. me to Indiana. I want a, an escape from New York uh, remake, but it's escape from Detroit and it's Blake as Blake Pil Pliskin. Dude, I, I feel bad for, for Blake. Pilsen I like Blake Griffin. Pliskin a lot. Me too. I like that. In fact, so, like okay. Blake Griffin should just play in an eye patch at this point. Like it might actually help. I mean, it doesn't matter at this point. Like he might as well like fake a limp, do what you need to, man. Just just get out there and do some acting. Wait, isn't he benched indefinitely right now? Because <laughs> yeah. like un until they figure out his yeah, until they move him, yeah, yeah, yeah. Until morale improves, he is uh, <laughs> he is out now. He okay. needs to just start doing like b movies in, he, in Hollywood. he's honestly a pretty funny guy and he, he's, he's a good actor he's in the episode yeah. of broad city and when he was doing commercials i like i don't know he's funny he's got like a nice sarcastic yeah. attitude have, have you guys seen his uh his appearance on the eric andre show yes yes, yes. that was and good too i forgot phenomenal. about that that's one of my favorite things he's like one of the best sports in the world and yeah, he got it really bad. <laughs> he's super funny. I he's a really cool guy. I feel bad for him. Like the yeah. last time the Jazz played the Pistons, he like at halftime he like ripped his jersey in half, <laughs> like just in pure anger out of just. And you could tell it wasn't about really the game, like because they knew they were gonna lose to the to the Jazz at that point. It was just mm -hmm. like, why am I like? It was just existence at that point it was just taxing. But on that note, existence is taxing. Might as well get started. Um, this is Brigham Young Money. We're here back again. And we've got our friend Dan Carson with us today. Dan, hello. Hello, gentlemen. How are we doing? I'm good. 
Jordan, how are you? Greg, how um, are you? I'm in a fit of homicidal rage right now, but uh, I'm slowly improving. <laughs> this is being recorded directly after uh, the Jazz loss in Philadelphia to the Sixers tonight. Greg, how are you doing? He's got a beer, I believe. It's the weekend, you know. It's Wednesday. Um, <laughs> so, yeah, things are good. Dan is, is joining us. Dan's the editor for cron.com. Dan, do you want to tell us a little bit about yourself? I see you've got a lot of matching books in the background that appear to be part of a large piece. Uh, yeah, I have matching books. I'm at that uh, age of uh, 30-something adolescence where I've started to read manga mm. um, and alienate is, people. Is that all manga on those shelves? Um, yes. Yeah, that's my manga shelf. <laughs> um, I got another one over here with all the classics, just in case you're wondering. That's incredible. It's 14 copies of Moby Dick in a row, actually. I mean, really need to know. It does from here. It does look like the exact same book over and over again. You also appear to have uh, a Charlie Kelly um, conspiracy board set up behind you as well with pins going everywhere. Yeah, it has nothing to do with my plans for Texas state officials. I promise that. Yep. Definitely no uh, domestic terrorism plans being being plotted out on the on the bulletin board there. No, you already redacted. Yes, I, <laughs> hey, I said definitely not. So now if you're redacting that, then you're saying it is. So mm. I think we might be in some hot water. Parody oh, redacted. Parody redacted on the parody redacted. <laughs> Everything discussed on here is completely speculative. There is no such thing as conspiracy theories within this one. We are completely nonviolent. That is true. Uh, very nonviolent Yay. podcast. And Dan <laughs> is joining us from Texas, where he has completely nonviolent feelings about the things that are taking place in Texas currently, which we will be getting to in due time. But Dan, I, I know you are also not only are you obviously the proprietor of cron.com, but you also make incredible t-shirts. Oh, thank you very much. Tell us about these t-shirts. Um, I started making them a few years ago uh, after I got laid off, actually. It was a um, perfect time. Yeah, it was a uh, perfect timing. Uh, I had a lot of rage and mm. uh, not much to do. And I was like, well, I could sit here and eat burritos in Los Angeles all day, or I could make some T-shirts uh, of my favorite basketball players dunking on people I hate. So yes, so I'm looking oh, yes. at um, first Allen Iverson stepping over Donald Trump's it, in lieu of oh that was a, that was a good hey. one in lieu of Tyron Lou. Mm. Um, <laughs> we got Vince Carter doing the famous French dunk in the Team USA jersey over Donald Trump, which is a classic. Mm. And then I which and then the LeBron um, you know blocking Donald Trump laying up a, a roll of paper towel which i completely memory hold that whole thing where donald trump was uh shooting jump shots of paper towels into a crowd of puerto ricans who had just suffered a extreme natural disaster what the fuck yeah. i totally forgot that happened <laughs> there's so right many now. things there are so many things about the trump presidency that are just like you you someone will bring them up and you're just like oh fuck that did happen didn't it yeah, like CPAC happened this week too, and he just like he was giving a speech again, and I thought it was like B roll of him for like twenty seconds. I was like, "Oh wait, that's today." <laughs> you guys remember the video of Donald Trump learning that Ruth Bader Ginsburg died, <laughs> <laughs> pretending to learn that Ruth Bader and the song, Ginsburg yes, died. and the song wow. is playing in the in the background, and he's like, "Okay, wait a minute, should I just pull? I'm just gonna pull this up. Fuck it." 
I just have to watch this once again. Oh. She just died? Wow. <laughs> I didn't know that. I just, uh, you're telling me now for the first time. She led an amazing life. What else can you say? She was an amazing woman. Whether you agreed or not, she was an amazing woman who led an amazing life. I'm actually sad to hear that. I am sad to hear that. Thank you very much. Dude, like, might be the best Trump, Trump clip of his entire presidency. The Tiny Dancer song playing in the background and him, like, pretending to learn about it and then just... Oh, I don't know, the man. greatest part of that clip is he thinks he said something deep there. <laughs> she led an amazing life. Thank you very much. <laughs> that's, oh. like, that's almost as good as him eulogizing his brother when he was like, yeah, Dude. he was a great guy. He was a big fan of me. Dude, he yeah, he was more complimentary of Ruth Bader Ginsburg than his own brother. <laughs> fucking brother. Yeah. He, he did this yeah. yeah. He did the same thing for Rush too cuz like his whole thing was just like Dude. Oh, it's, it's too bad, you know. He he listened to me when I said like I was cheated on the election too. Like <laughs> we talked about how much like proof there was that I won. It's really a shame he's gone now because I definitely won. <laughs> Who am I going to call at 4 a.m. when I'm zanned out of my mind? Man. Yeah. So anyway, Dan, oh. we can get a plug off at the at the end. But uh, Dan's website for these incredible T-shirts are pipelineapparel.threadless.com. I believe I have that right. Yeah, that's correct. And um, yeah, so let's go ahead and kick things off by talking about the, the the issue that we are all incredibly invested in and really just. Um, you know, sinking all of our time and energy into, which is, of course, the outrage about Mr. Potato Head and Dr. Seuss. Um, it really is like pretty incredible, like where we have the Democrats negotiating against themselves for this coronavirus bill when they literally don't need to be negotiating against anyone since they can control all of this. And then on the other hand, you have like everyone on the right losing their collective minds about Mr. Potato Head and Dr. Seuss. And then like, how the fuck can people in this country not just go absolutely insane? Like what, what is anyone normal supposed to do and think like someone who doesn't really give a shit about Mr. Potato Head and also just like needs to survive. Like what is what? Glenn Beck had a clip where he was telling people to go buy Mr. Potato Heads just because it's going to be like non-gender and like, I don't know, whatever. They are banning Dr. Seuss books. How much more do you need to see before all of America wakes up and goes, this is fascism. This is fascism. You don't destroy books. What is wrong with us, America? Go out and buy those books today. Find out if you can get them. Buy Mr. and Mrs. Potato Head. Because it's the end of an era. It's the amazing thing is like, do you think potatoes have genders? Like, Okay, yep, yeah. It's Mr. Potato Head, boys. And listen, if my toddler can't have a Mr. Potato Head with cock and balls, I'm going to be raising hell. This is... <laughs> There are there are two potato genders in okay. this country. Yes, there there are only two genders: potato, Mr. Potato Head, and Mrs. Potato Head. <laughs> um, 
so the most annoying fucking thing about this is that who makes these toys is it like hasbro hasbro maybe i think it's who, mattel who fucking knows mattel okay it's hasbro okay so we've got wrong. we've got some disagreement on the pod already um and the whole issue is that whoever makes mr potato head changed the umbrella brand that contains mr potato head and mrs potato head into just potato head and then you can still buy the gender specific potato heads that you'd prefer you can still buy mr potato head but now on the box instead of it saying mr potato head mr potato head it says potato head mr potato head that's literally the entire issue that's the whole fucking thing isn't that the point of mr potato head it's, it's like literally the most match whatever you yes, want. It's the most gender fluid toy that's like literally ever existed. Like I'm pretty sure that's the joke of Mr. Potato Head. Yeah. Like has anyone no. seen Toy Story? You say that, but then you try to be a screenwriter for Toy Story and you have to go in and fix all the movies. My God. Oh, it's fine. Don Rickles is dead. <laughs> Dude. Dan, when's the last time you owned a Mr. Potato Did you ever own a Mr. Potato Head? I did at one point, I believe. Uh, I own I owned some weird toys back in the day. Uh, does anyone remember Bucky O'Hare? That was oh, the- yeah, yeah, yeah. The <laughs> what, little, uh... what is Bucky O'Hare? Like, a, uh, like an off-brand ass uh, mix between Marvin the Martian and Bugs Bunny. I, I have never say. seen this before. <laughs> this is horrifying. Yeah, you're not going to like it. What the? I'm, it, was this a cartoon as well? Yeah, you're gonna have a bad time looking that up. It this was, is cursed. <laughs> this is is he? His eyes are like fucking bloodshot. Like he's just yeeted out of his mind. Listen, man, radiation. It's up there. You know, wait, is that is space, that? It was a wait. It was a Nintendo. It was a Nintendo game too, like the original Nintendo. Yeah, I think oh that's correct. That was the this weirdest is... toy I could think of from my childhood. So there you go, right there. Was the whole thing seriously like he fell into a like a vat of acid or something? And you know, there's a lot of argument about that in the canon of uh, Bucky O'Hare and um, whatever game he was in. I don't recall the name, but oh my he fe- god, he fell into a vat of acid. <laughs> well, his crew is called the Righteous Indignation, and they're battling the evil Toad Empire. What? Actually, I, I remember now. They did rock. That is right. <laughs> this is just and, a rabbit version of the Toxic Avenger. This is or the this Joker. is bad. Or this Joker. is bad looking stuff. <laughs> this is a rabbit with a band, like a cover band. The Righteous Indignation. Uh, Dude, this is like wow. I'm. I'm sorry for derailing the podcast. No, you're totally <laughs> fine. This is mind blowing. I cannot believe this is a real thing that this is the most positive thing we're going to talk about so you know what this is probably for the best if we just talk about bucky o'hare for like an hour that might be better for everybody yeah Yeah. okay well his team affiliation is called space and it's sentient protoplasm against colonial encroachment so it sounds like bucky o'hare was anti-imperialist and so i'm i'm all for it comrade hell yeah wow okay well that's (laughs) that's incredible i need to look at that later but yeah that's that's great to know so I mean, I never had a Mr. Potato Head, but literally, like this entire thing, like Glenn Beck is was like crying about Mr. Potato Head or whatever, and saying like this is the end of freedom, and that was like half the week, and then the other half was apparently Doctor Seuss, like they were like losing their shit about Doctor Seuss being canceled, and I think it's just because the publication company is like taking away a couple of the books that have like racist stuff in it. 
Is that yeah. is that it? Yeah, that's pretty much it. Like the uh, publishing company that owns like Doctor Seuss, like, listen, we're gonna take the books with like the very blatant like racist caricatures out of uh out of uh circulation because um they're racist caricatures. Oh my god. Which let's see, I just pulled up a little something um from the BBC News from the uh, from 2012 from Fox News wonderful host Lou Dobbs back when the Lorax movie came out when he was he was talking about how the movie was indoctrinating children against big industry and it was demonizing the one percent uh, and espousing the virtue of cancel culture. <laughs> That's so like fantastic. Yeah, this is this has been going on for like the better part of a decade and like they were trying to fucking cancel the movie when it came out because like it was Marxist propaganda and now it's just like made a complete 180 and like it really kind of brings up a bigger issue of like there's nothing that can be done in this country anymore. Like we are in this complete state of paralysis. So the only thing we really have left is fucking culture wars and pointing fingers. Yep, pretty much. I mean, like, the only way, like, conservatives really express, like, their um, their politics at this point is just through consumption. Like, that's why everyone had to buy a MAGA hat. That's why everyone had to, like, destroy their Keurig machine. That's why everyone... The fucking Goya beans, dude, and the Nikes, and the just all that shit, dude. Yeah, it's it's just insanity of just, like... Uh, the only way for us to win is by me buying these products of the people I like. Like, how many people have, like, destroyed necks because they decided to buy a my pillow? Dude, yeah, an absolute shit pillow is made by, like, <laughs> one of the most insane crackheads this country has ever produced. But, like, I mean, it's the distillation of, of this country believing that freedom is based on on what you're able to purchase or not. Like, that's the entire it's been distilled down like the American ideology is like just simply what can I buy and what can or it, and, and that's what freedom is. And like, like having this supposed market of things you have, you can buy, like I, I taxes are evil, but being the, being afforded the freedom to pay a shit ton of money for healthcare is that's, that's what freedom is because I have some theoretical choice in, in the matter. It's, it's absolutely insane. So like when, when the freedom to purchase is infringed upon when I can't buy a Mr. Potato head that says Mr. Potato had three times on it. And it has, it just says a gender neutral potato head or whatever, that's infringing on my right and my freedom and freedom's ending because I can no longer buy a racist Dr. Seuss book. Like it's, 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 it's so fucking absurd. I, like, I, I, I don't even know how to, how that can be undone because when we like, that's how a, a large chunk of this country views what freedom is. <laughs> and we're just here dealing with that. You libs say this, but you know, I had to destroy my Air Monarchs because of uh, Colin Kaepernick, and then I got some nice new balances from that. So, you know what? You say that, but we overcome. Okay. That's, that is something that, like, okay, that just made me think about, uh, I'm sure you guys have been seeing what, like, um, 
people have been like conservatives have been saying to LeBron, well, consistently what they have been saying, but specifically like this week when and the obsession over Uyghur Muslims, but also China has some like new anti LGBTQ law or, or something. And people are like, I wonder what LeBron has to say about this, specifically Ben Shapiro talking about that. Um, that whole like feigning all of a sudden we care about like gay rights and trans rights in China. And we are expecting LeBron to say something about it is also just incredibly interesting to me. I'm Dan, I'm sure you're, I mean, I know you're in NBA circles as well. I'm sure you've seen this constantly as well. Yeah. You know, it's uh, it's funny how China is forgotten and then used as a cudgel when necessary. It's sort of, you know, break if, you know, break if board break if LeBron says something about uh, Donald Trump or a conservative thing, or uh, if he wears a shirt that says black lives matter. What about China? The what about ism is uh, it's old trusty, you know, it's the attack helicopter of rhetorical arguments and it, <laughs> it, it gets broken out dust and all um, pretty much anytime anyone famous or who is an athlete says anything. And, you know, yeah, there are, I mean, it's it's just an argument that uh, it's really a non-argument and it yeah. essentially just comes down to opportunism i would yeah. say and uh, yeah it, it's, it's funny. the boogeyman we're building big new boogeyman yeah and it's funny that the again the like the response to like oh lebron isn't speaking out about china so now i'm not gonna buy nike or i'm gonna burn my nikes and the same thing with kaepernick he's not spe he's speaking out it's again like any complaint that they have about anything that people that someone is doing is again filtered through the consumption of whatever product that person is representing whether it's kaepernick i think he sparked the original nike blow up yeah. right Oh my yeah, God. just people yeah. burning their Nikes in their front lawn as if like Phil Knight's going to get on Instagram and just cry. Yeah. And like any like the corporate wokeness is base is really just indicative of, of where the quote market is. Like when you see Oreo tweeting about how trans people exist or whatever, like it's not some like big grandiose political statement or anything. It's just like reflecting back of what the like consensus is. Can we talk about um, how funny of a statement that is though? Trans people exist. It's like, okay, wow, really just like uh you know, raising the bar. Yeah, Secretary of State Mr. Stakeums made a very eloquent point today <laughs> on Twitter, retweeted thirty-two thousand times, saying we hear you, we see you. And we are doing everything we can to base your uh, your burn wounds. Uh, we're coming up with a a beef based vaccine uh, for to help fill in in this trying time. Stakeholders cares. You know what? You <laughs> say you. that, Dan, but I swear the next time there's a Republican president, Wendy's is going to give a response to the State of the Union. <laughs> <laughs> okay, yeah, Undersecretary Wendy uh, is actually oh. She's the, <laughs> never mind, let's, let's, let's move on. Okay, there's this trans actress, her, her name is Patty Harrison. She's she's super funny. Um, and she, that same night, she tweeted, or she changed her profile picture. She pulled a Jabuki. She changed her profile picture to Nilla Wafers and she changed oh, her yes. name to Nilla Wafers by Nabisco. And she said, hello, I am Sia, in parentheses, the singer, doing a social media takeover for Nilla Wafers today. There are only two genders. <laughs> <laughs> and oh. she was just going on like <laughs> if you are bisexual we do not want your business and she was just going on like trans women are men just saying all this like um. super transphobic shit just doing the complete opposite of the oreo thing 
and then also tweeted we are pansexual to clarify we the brandonilla wafers are transsexual um <laughs> and then she also said our transphobia and big biphobia today were unacceptable and we are deeply sorry sia the singer was running our account today and the ex opinions expressed by her do not match the values of our brand we are sexual so <laughs> patty was unfortunately banned from twitter that day but i thought that was a great uh a great occurrence that that took place but anyway honestly probably less offensive than that movie that sia made anyway oh, okay there's a lot of shit to say about sia honestly and um like she's on some for real grooming shit with that kid that she's been putting in her uh what is that okay i, I weirdly know about this so <laughs> what's going there's the, on there's the cute on heads are just exploding yeah right there's now. this girl named maddie who was in her original electric hearts music video when she when maddie was 12 and maddie was also on dance mom so she comes from like a, a lineage like a family that really wants to be famous so her mom obviously is cool with like doing whatever it takes to make her daughter famous or something <laughs> like that so uh Turns out that Sia and Maddie had like a pretty ongoing relationship of like what Maddie's mom called sisterhood, where Maddie would like sleep over at Sia's house throughout her like entire adolescence and also was over all the time when um, Sia was having sex with Shia LaBeouf, who was married at the time. But Shia LaBeouf was in that was in another music video where um Maddie was used as the avatar for Sia. And in this music video, they kind of uh, feign some like sexual activity between Shia LaBeouf and this young girl who is the Sia avatar. Who what was also- Michael Jackson is this? Dan is holding up a, uh, <laughs> a, a yellow notepad that says Epstein. Yeah, anyway. Sia's on some- confirm nor deny that. Thank you. Yep, Sia All is on some like, by the way, alleged- speculative <laughs> okay everything i just said was definitely true though so anyway um Sia uh, does not represent the rest of us we uh are com <laughs> totally fine with sia um except for the movie and the possible grooming those are all alleged by the way um have nothing to do with kyle gross i need to find the quote from her mom because she described <laughs> it as something like uh Sia has, has felt maternal towards Maddie, which... Um, oh, God. Uh, uh, Ziegler, that's Maddie Ziegler's mom, um, revealed that Sia would, quote, snuggle with her daughter. Oh, God. As employees this... and employers do. This <laughs> <laughs> your usual, I'm paying you to be here type of thing. Considering this... there are 27 years between the pair, many fans of Sia were unnerved by the sleepovers. <laughs> Like, Watching is this... Kyle read this is very funny. See, <laughs> is eventually going to give the same apology that uh, Cuomo gave today. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's a transition. Oh, is yeah. this is this before or after she purchased the Neverland Ranch? <laughs> okay, you know who? Okay, someone actually did purchase the, the Neverland Ranch who has no business buying a, the Neverland Ranch. But anyway, yeah, her name is Sia. Yeah, that that one is parody <laughs> parody redacted um okay anyway let's move on from the potato head uh, dr sue shit but and let's talk about what's going on with with the other side of the coin which is of course lord and savior joe biden and as we speak they are currently lowering the eligibility for the stimulus checks you might think back on the previous episodes you might think back on the previous uh senate campaigns and you know uh you know the whole democrats taking taking control of the three branches of government 
um, and running on these checks, which of course were 2000, now they're 1400, and they were to complete the down payment of the $600 that Donald Trump gave at the end of his term. Jordan. Out the door. Boom, gone. And, uh, you know, and again, we talked about this with our Eat the Press friends, but like, if it truly was a completion of the down payment, then there would be no eligibility changes between the last check and this one because anyone that who who got the last one which was already like a stupid criteria anyway should be getting this one to complete the two thousand dollars which was a lie to begin with so basically now that they're they're cutting off the the top eligibility for these checks at eighty thousand dollars um, which is cutting off 17 million people. And again, this is part of a $1.9 trillion stimulus package. And this changes the $1.9 trillion stimulus package price tag from $1.9 trillion to $1.9 trillion, but a little bit less in the $1.9 trillion number. So uh, pretty good. Dan, what do you think about this? Um, I think it's fantastic. Um, <laughs> it's real good. You know, you should means test everything to uh, within an inch of its life or else it's not good. It's not good policy. It's going to help too many people who may feel better, who don't need to feel better because they feel okay. And That's we can right. only help, honestly, the people who, you know, can barely crawl out of a literal, you know, retention pond or ditch. That's right. You know, low bodies of water. That's Except the only people even those people. I wonder if people who live in small bodies of water, um, like subterraneously potentially. Yeah. I wonder if those people file taxes because you do have to file taxes to be eligible for these. So they're both cutting off people below that threshold. So all the subterranean individuals who live yeah. sort of in in above the earth, potentially under the earth, um, in a lake format <laughs> of some kind, in extreme poverty, not eligible because they probably don't file taxes. Um, so, but that meet the obsession with means testing is just going to be, that's just going to be the theme from here on out. I mean, it always has been with Democrats since like, um, the new deal, I suppose, but like, what's the worst that could happen by helping too many people? Kyle, Kyle, we have to think about fiscal conservatism here. Um, by saving that $1.2 billion, we're we can put that towards other things that we won't. But also, I, I, I just find this so funny. This came out the same week that, like, the Air Force pretty much admitted that the F-35 is a piece of shit, even though it costs $1.5 trillion. trillion. Nice. I yeah. was going to say, this is going to put a jacuzzi in the F-35. This means <laughs> you're going to be able to get jets in there. Oh. Yeah, I think, yeah, that that jacuzzi is gonna come in handy when that pilot accidentally decapitates himself and need that head to go somewhere. Mm. I think my favorite part of all of this is that all we heard throughout the election cycle was Biden's got to win the suburbs, he's got to win the middle class, and then like as soon as he gets in the White House, he's like, "No, suck my dick. You're not getting a check." Well, he accomplished the one thing he wanted to accomplish. He's president now. He's he president. Didn't do anything else? Yeah. Like, this is why he ran four times. It's like, I just want to be president. I mean, the other previous three times were like huge, embarrassing failures. But, you know, this time yeah. he got in and he can like not do anything else anymore. He's good. They have to hang his portrait. I can't remember if we had talked about it yet on the last episode, but had we talked about um, Kamala Harris, like refusing to really push things over the edge for the $15 minimum wage? 
No, I don't think we talked about that with the parliamentarian okay. and everything. Yeah, so there's this like fake ass position in the Senate called the parliamentarian who just gives recommendations on things, but essentially they're trying to also get a $15 minimum wage. And really that's like $15 minimum wage like gradually increasing to that over like the next few years. It's not even like an immediate thing, but anyway. Um, <laughs> and Kamala Harris is the president of the Senate being the vice president of the United States. And as part of her job can overrule the parliamentarian, but they are claiming that they're quote, respecting the process and refusing to overrule the parliamentarian because they have so much respect for the process, even though the process includes the ability for Kamala to overrule the parliamentarian. So to make, um, to make this long story short, what we're going into with into 2022, which is just next year um, into the midterms, we're going in with a democratic party that is uh, too scared to help people in all sorts of ways and is just dedicating themselves so hard to the process, but not really the process that they're denying people um, what really isn't even a living wage in anywhere in the country, really. So things are good. Like, listen, like, Kamala's too busy being shadow president right now to actually like try and do anything else to. I don't want to go on a tangent, but I'm just thinking about this all day. Like, um, if you look at the difference between like Biden's like Twitter page and Kamala Harris's Twitter page, like it is stark. Yeah. Like you'll just have like on Biden's just like wear a mask. It's it's good for you. And then you're like on Kamala's like, I talked to the Danish Prime Minister today. I talked to the leader of the Democratic Republic of Congo. I talked to it's like who who's the president? <laughs> It's bad. And, and like, if there's one thing that like Democrats <clears throat> love to do more than anything, it's just like they love to play by a bunch of fucking made up rules, like the parliamentarian, and then like use those rules to curb any sort of progress. Like, it's always like, it's it's performance over substance like they love to perform and they love to appear as if they're doing something and they're working really hard when like it, it, when it comes down to it there's nothing substantial that actually happens and they just like purposefully trick like trip over their own dicks so like they don't actually have to do anything or they because they don't actually want to do anything they're the opposing coach in airbud yeah <laughs> like it's an entire party run by <laughs> instagram influencers yeah, you know, if it can't be solved with a per my last email, uh, you're gonna have a you're gonna have a hard time getting it done. But um, you know, I say that, but you guys, I feel like you guys are under you you are disrespecting the Senate the Senate Parmesanarian, uh, a hallowed <laughs> that has existed since like a hundred years ago, and you know their role is sitting there, uh, taking notes. They offer. Uh, toffees, various filigree, you know, small, small plates uh, to, to the minutes, members of Senate. And I think you guys are just trying to railroad what is a perfectly bureaucratic process. They just hold the little cheese grinder like the guy at, at, at Olive Garden at the salad and ask if you want some Tell cheese. me when. You have to tell them when. <laughs> Kamala, say when, please. Say when. Say when. <laughs> God, just say when. It would be disrespectful and a breach of etiquette to interrupt the process. <laughs> That's I mean, right. we got salads. We're just asking for a little breadsticks and we can't even get yeah. those. 
I have no salad. You give me pepper, a pound of pepper. Now I'm just imagine like the stand-up Parmesanarian or whatever, just standing over like uh, just <laughs> just standing over like Chuck Grassley's plate, and just she doesn't stop because he fell asleep. Oh. <laughs> it, okay, I mean. Chuck, Chuck Grassley is proof of the existence of adrenochrome because that fucking dude survived coronavirus, dude. He got he's like 95 years old and he got COVID and he lived. But anyway, like swimmingly, yeah, like, fi- like, not like he's doing great. Over like he's never weekend. been better. The cabal needs to keep him alive because someone needs to tweet about like Iowan Dairy Queens or something. Yeah. I don't know, dude. Him and. Dude, his his Twitter is a fucking mess. You can that turn thing... the cops upside down. Yeah. yeah you, can... <laughs> you see this concrete? You can turn it upside down. Him and fucking uh, um, Chris Christie, how that dude survived from COVID. He was like, he oh was like, God. just he, he should have been a prime target. For, he, is, for he is the poster boy of every single comorbidity that's linked to COVID death. I know. Anytime you're like deep in the replies on like a like local news Twitter account and you find some guy that's like, like these people were unhealthy anyway and like they were going to die soon. The Chris Christie was that guy they were talking about. Bro, like Chris Christie outside of like shutting down bridges in New Jersey and being a piece of shit. Like he's most well known for taking a small bag of M&Ms and pouring them into a bigger bag of M&Ms. That's right. Do you remember that picture of him and his wife on the state beach that they closed? Oh, yeah. oh, oh, oh my God. Closes the beach for That's the hurricane. That's such a classic, classic Jersey guy thing. That really is. Previously. things to come. <laughs> like Chuck, Chuck Grassley, they had to keep him alive mainly just because Mike Francesca needs like a uh, just a guest host sometimes. That's right. <laughs> just need someone to call in for like three hours and talk about submarine sandwiches. I remember I was at the gym one time too, and then just they had like CBS te- like sports television on the TV, and for some reason like he was hosting a sports show. I'm like, no, no, that that's horrible, man. But luckily it was just everyone just like prank calling him too. It was like, hey, uh, Chris, how you doing? Uh, you think the Yankees are going to get a new center fielder? Also, you look really weird. I'll go. I'll take my answer off the line. Bye. <laughs> well, um, just a small follow up on that on that last uh, um, episode we where we talked about Nira Tandon and all of the joys that she's brought to everyone's life. She did officially get canned. And um, did you Miss guys Attila see? Join you. Did you guys see that like blue check defender of hers go after the Brunigs? Oh, that dude is psycho. That was like, there was like this guy. What, I can't remember his name. It's like Robert Caruso or something. Yeah. He's Sounds like, likely. I don't even know why he's a blue check guy. I don't know if he's like a journalist or something, but he essentially, um, one said he was going to, he is in a financially and socially stable enough position where he could go and literally commit domestic terrorism on like, the capital in i don't know what fashion in order to get nira like in in revenge for nira getting shot down but then also like called the brunigs like toddler daughter quote retarded like he was just losing his shit and the reason why that's kind of important is that nira got matt brunig this child's dad fired from like some think tank he was working at like years ago um just insane behavior by uh some of the, like the nira guys are just insane people like, i don't even know what to say about them he's picking up the torch 
well yeah like she would be proud posting torch just insane i um oh my yep yeah he he left the tweet up too he's just like i don't even know who this guy is robert caruso very boring man that looks at birds drinks tea does paperwork cracks jokes he also uh very much threatens uh terrorism he did delete that one i think jesus yeah um, so uh there is a deadspin article from him by brendan james of course but um it talks about like him in like 2016 and like 2017 after trump got elected he tried to position himself as one of those like seth abramson type guys oh, or just like Jesus. robert crusoe did <laughs> yeah he was like a natsec guy but he like lied about his entire resume He's like i actually worked in the office of the secretary of defense you know i was there and like actually he just got like kicked out of the navy and like that's kind of close if you just like remove a few thousand levels but but yeah Yikes. just a big like attempted natsec guy who somehow got a check mark it was weird well, this man pulled a juana man but for the government yeah <laughs> Okay, this is what he said. He said, yeah, I thought about it. And by that, I mean, I'm ex I was extremely angry for hours, just pure rage. And I'm going to do and tweet what I want. Arlington has no cash bail. My family has money. I have money. I'm a disabled veteran in, in a plutocracy. I'm a vassal. I'm not capitulating. Um, and he also continued and said, there's no cash bail in Arlington. It's not specific enough for a terroristic threat. And I, don't, I didn't firebomb their house, but I considered going into Petworth, which is inside DC itself, to do that. I decided to do something better. And now I am drinking tea. Is he talking about the Bruniggs there? I have no idea, but that's they a live good in way DC? to get on the FBI's I radar. They, I think they do live in DC. Whew. Okay. Well, um, hmm. well, Elizabeth Brunig is like a writer for the New York Times. So yeah, she but just she does like opinion so. stuff. Yeah, I think they do live in DC. Oh my god. Anyway, so that's bad. Too bad for Nira. Um, and it in uh, closing out with another one of our uh favorite democrats closing out the democrat segment um since we're all cl uh, cuomo sexuals on this podcast we want to talk briefly about andrew cuomo um <laughs> who of course this is coming on the heels of uh him basically being exposed for covering up 50 percent of the nursing home deaths that took place during the um ongoing coronavirus pandemic in which he purposely directed uh, COVID people who were COVID positive back into nursing homes to infect all the rest of the people who live there. Um, so that's, things are looking good for him, but then even better, he, multiple accusers have come forward that have basically just told stories about how awful he is as a person, um, especially in the work environment where he sexually harasses uh, plenty of women. In fact, we have a quote from him where he says, I like to kiss people to make them comfortable. I've done Here, it hundreds of times. Here's the actual quote. I oh, actually sorry. found that one too. Like, I, that was just like a quick summarization. <laughs> That's Jordan's summarization of that quote. Here's the actual quote. You can find hundreds of pictures of me kissing people, Governor Cuomo says, adding his affection is given to both men and women. It is my usual and customary way of greeting. You want people to feel comfortable. Jesus. <laughs> uh, uh, you know imagine what? Imagine saying this during your apology for, for sexual harassment. It's like, listen, I've done this hundreds of times. Most Boys. people don't seem to mo no to don't seem to like care. So why are we making a big deal about two? Huh? Boys. Look how come. This is an equality podcast, and this anti-Italian racism will not stand. <laughs> <laughs> uh, 
that is oh. that is the most Trumpian response, by the way. He's just like Trump with a with a dude. spoiler on the back. Andrew, <laughs> like, dude, he's are, Trump you know. with nipple rings, dude. That's yeah. exactly <laughs> what he is. Yeah. Yeah. Like if you want Trump with a moonroof and yes, nipple rings, dude. you get you get Andrew Cuomo. Yeah, he's like I kiss a, I kiss a lot of people. Dude, dude was he, some of them women? Yes. Did they work for me? Yes. Dude, That's he, just, but the excuse of like, this is just how I make them feel comfortable. Like, mm, uh-huh. abhorrent behavior. And like, they, yeah, he and Trump both come from like similar, like, fathers who made a lot of money or were very powerful and they kind of inherited that and then became who they were. It's just, he and Trump are just the same people except cuomo goes on like that whole thing where he was like i am a jew i am a muslim i am a woman i am a gay man and like just he's just i'm a bitch i'm a a child i'm a mother i'm a sinner i'm a saint why do i know that song he's like your fucking grandparents (laughs) he's just just trump with like a little bit of democrat frosting on him dude he's fucking trump with red sauce (laughs) with vodka sauce that's right you know, if Trump stayed a Democrat, he would sound just like this. He was just like, listen, I think it's very unfair how we treat uh, uh, LGBT people in the state. I think that it's unfair, and uh, we need to change it. We need to change it now. Okay, and then um, he, he also said that like he, he's refusing to step down because he still has to save New York or or whatever and he this is a man who's already written a book about how successful he was at like stopping you COVID. wrote a book about how you saved new york you can't just like go back and like oh actually there's room for a sequel sorry everybody oh my god um, i'm still learning lessons from the covid19 pandemic <laughs> okay oh god he's so awful um let's, if you let's... didn't commit the murders you <laughs> so bad dude it's you so wouldn't bad. be getting impeached oh my god He's he's just every character from like the end of Casino, like just combined into this, one. This country is just a complete dying gabagool, Mister Shake. Before we move off Cuomo, um, I, I would I just want to say like in in all seriousness, as this stuff is happening, it with Cuomo, it's illustrating uh, a much bigger trend that is going to be probably in the next four years, maybe eight, which is. Nothing can be said. All this uh, dims hold people accountability stuff. That can never just be said flat out. It has to be garnished with, uh, but they don't, but Trump. But yeah. uh, this, this whataboutism that we have heard on disdain and uh, speak down on as a GOP quality over the last four years, um, they're already doing it. Pretty yeah. much, you can't say it, you can't, they like to think that they're they're putting on the white knight armor uh, when by even just acknowledging that Cuomo might have done something inappropriate. Yeah, I, yeah. Like you see the way to they defend them. everything. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Oh, absolutely. I mean, it's it's like uh, when Al Franken came out too, and just like uh, he got railroaded. It's like he groped eight women. Like I don't know exactly. What, like yeah, you can like make a case that maybe one of them wasn't true, but. Eight's a pretty solid number there, and I don't think he needs to be in the U.S. Like, and have you seen the fucking tweets that have been making the rounds of like, stop Al Frankening Andrew Cuomo? 
Like two things can be bad at the same time. I promise yeah. you. Yeah. Stop it's... making sexual harassment cute. Like, don't make it. Really <laughs> yeah, I mean, like, there's so many people that that have been like, "Why did these women wait to come forward?" Like, they they are saying the exact same things we heard about Brett Kavanaugh, like, and and the accusers that came forward a- against him. It's like, why did they wait so long? Why do why does anyone wait so long? And they're saying like. The, the people who are so partisan where they are willing to defend someone like Andrew Cuomo, who literally is just blue Trump. Um, there's no like really material difference, honestly. And, um, and who are willing to defend him because he's got the, the, the D next to his name on, on, on the ballot. They're willing to go to these links to discredit the accusers for just for no reason other than the fact that he's on their team. So yeah, that's, it's, it's just going to be ongoing. And now that the, the pendulum has shifted back to the Democrat side, we're back on this team and we get to see how things are from the other side. And it's, it's the exact same. Um, it's just a fucking mirror. So um, that's, that's all good and great. Uh, Jordan, I, I want you to tell us, talk us through this next subject, which is um, a great man by the name of Ronnie Jackson. <laughs> all right. This man, um, he comes from a, a very storied military career. Um, he rose up the ranks as a doctor in the Navy to being the personal physician to the president, both Obama and Trump. And apparently he's uh, got a little uh, glug glug problem um, on duty. <laughs> um, there's some stories that came out today. I think it was from the New York Times. I'm not sure, but essentially it came out that uh, – my man likes to drink, especially on official duties. Like, uh, apparently one time he made comments about a female subordinate talking about her figure, her butt, exactly the same stuff, yep. you know, standard. And they then after he got Vaughn. hammered, he went back to the hotel and banged on her door at three in the morning as a part of like an official presidential visit somewhere. And the Secret Service had to get out and stop him because they were afraid he was going to wake up Obama. Anyway, that was the same guy who became the phys- uh, the, the personal physician to Trump oh. and definitely pencil whipped his physical. It was like, yeah, yeah, 240. Uh-huh. <laughs> Sounds good. No, it was like 239 because like 240 would have been obese or whatever. So he was like one pound under. I love that. That's right. Anyway, uh, there's also some other things too. Apparently, like he crashed a few vehicles and things, and also was like just like giving out scripts to people too, especially on Air Force One, which is amazing. He's a uh, and yeah. um, he's the first SoundCloud rapper to make it on Air Force One. <laughs> he's just he's leaned out, he's sipping, he's bothering people late at night. You know, he's getting that money. <laughs> he's also a bully he created a toxic environment and because of that donald trump tried to make him secretary of the veterans affairs lovely because yeah luckily all the, the original stuff came out like where he's just crashing cars and like selling scripts came out then but don't worry he's just a congressman now and then he shout out to dave defore because uh, that's his congressman. <laughs> is it really <laughs> <laughs> Oh yeah. Oh. An interesting distinction about Ryan Jackson is he's he's actually one of the few people Trump has ever brought on that Trump has actually said, "Uh, yeah, actually, might have fucked up a bit there." Uh, He actually said he said that Ronnie was not qualified. Um, He he literally said, and he may not have been qualified, but here's a doctor at a high level. 
and he's a man that everyone expect uh, respected. I saw that. Respect is so important. And he ultimately ended this conversation saying, uh, yeah, he, he's, he's drunk often. My bad. <laughs> um, yeah, like Trump going through, I, I like my favorite arc for all the Trump characters is when they finally fall out of his graces and how harsh he is like about them. Especially like, of course, he went into office saying he only hires the best people. By the time like any anyone was like leaving that administration, he was just like openly talking shit at them at his like rolling rallies across the country. It was just it was just the best. He also like, makes it sound like sloppy. sympathy, too, when he does that, too. Just like, yeah, look, I knew he was a loser when he came in. But, you know, I wanted to give him a chance just because, you know, maybe he can redeem himself. I don't know. It turns out he couldn't. He's still a loser. <laughs> Sloppy Steve Bannon. Dude, he was like the halfway house for all these Republicans who needed another <laughs> chance. Just, oh my Just God. like a fucking mega wish president. Yes, literally. <laughs> I was going to say he's the only president to treat outgoing cabinet members like kids who had their day, like they got to carry the football. Uh, over the 50-yard line. <laughs> I just signed this kid with cancer to a five-day contract. It's just like, <laughs> oh, my God. That's so good. We, oh, man. We want to give a hand to Jim Mattis. He he had a very special time here as Secretary <laughs> of Defense. He was, uh, uh, you know, I, I bet he feels really special. Um, we let him bomb Yemen. We let him have pistachio ice cream, folks. It was great. It's his favorite. <laughs> yeah, just, just talking about, like, a four-star Marine general. Like, he was just, like, like uh, just some kid like, treat him like he was the kid who cut the lawn oh my god well um let's see <laughs> the next thing we were gonna mention was uh as part of like one of uh trump's incredible cabinet members um uh elaine chow who's also the wife of mitch mcconnell but she was the head of the department of transportation is that right yeah that was right but the only thing i want to mention is because like the new york times reported that the like the inspector general for the department of transportation came out and said like hey they're insanely corrupt yeah so her family owns a shipbuilding business is that right yeah, they own a shipbuilding business in China. But the only thing I really want to point to, like, yeah, they're the standard sort of corrupt you see from, like, like, like horrifically rich, like, public servants. But yeah. the thing that makes me laugh the most was, like, she had her agency staff, like, doing chores for her father, including editing his Wikipedia page. Oh, Are yes. you serious? <laughs> yes. That was yeah, the one thing I saw in, like, the New York Times article and just laughed my ass off. <laughs> Oh, he had her oh like intern pull a George Niang. Oh Take out God. any references to corruption in there. We'll be checking. Make sure it says he's six foot two. He's very tall. <laughs> a handsome man. Trump had to have that too, you think? Like he he definitely had that. Uh, oh yeah. Oh, I'm sure. Yeah. He fired Matthew Whitaker, and that's what he does now. I mean, Matt, like Matt, I need you to go in there and tell them I scored with uh, <laughs> name an '80s actress. I don't know. Uh, Farrah Matt, Fawcett. I slept with Topanga. Farrah Fawcett. With Topanga. Topanga. Dude calls her Topanga. Oh my god! Incredible, incredible cans. Wrong so, answer um, on all of you. It's Kathy Ireland. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> She was terrific in Sports Illustrated. You know, I met her up close. I, I thought she was a 10, but up close, more like a six. I just big head, small body, wasn't attractive. <laughs> the belonged to Hey Arnold. 
big hands. <laughs> <laughs> Jesus. If it wasn't Long for legs. that, that oh. fucking Zach Morris, I would have been smashing <laughs> Kelly Kapowski <sighs> at Studio 54. Wow. It's funny and also, rest in peace. To, Sorry. Yeah. Rest in peace to Dustin Diamond. I forgot. Oh, my God. I forgot he died. That's too bad. Oh. Prayers up. Uh, okay prayers up for screech prayers up for screech always um so let's get to our final topic and dan is of course our expert on the subject and we want to talk about texas and text we've we mentioned texas on uh two podcasts ago also uh specifically because of the insane natural disaster that they were facing and um the just absurd response to all of that but Dan, tell us about uh, what's been going on this week. I, I hear Texas is back in the news. Uh, everything is on fire again this week um, or freezing. It kind of depends on it's like an hour hour thing. Um, but yeah, Greg Abbott out of uh, blue nowhere yesterday. Uh, he'd been foreshadowing this for a little while as late as or as early as last Thursday. And He's, as late as just like right before where he was like tweeting out like essentially big things coming right yeah the announcement no, yeah he did yeah he did like a uh, a very trumpian type of uh preview like hey things are happening stay tuned um which is very uncharacteristic of him because he tries to say as little as possible but i guess greg got real excited this time uh to do his pivot or uh his uh, his escape hatch plan of Opening Texas on 100 businesses 100% and um, ending the mass mandate of his own creation, uh, requiring zero, zero businesses or entities throughout the state to legally like be required to have a mask, which it was already kind of a bogus mandate with no law enforcement power actually teeth behind it. Right. Um, right. But it was at least like everything else we've done with this pandemic a symbolic thing that we get to tell ourselves we're doing uh, to actually keep everyone from literally just running on the street and doing whatever they want. Uh, so yeah, that was yesterday. He dropped that. And uh, so do you think he did it because he really wants to take people's attention off the fact that like he let a bunch of people freeze to death in their own homes through hubris? Uh, yeah. <laughs> Short answer. <laughs> Short answer. Yes. Um, if there's one thing that I've learned about Greg Abbott in the uh, couple of years I've been here in Texas is that his fecklessness, like it literally knows no bounds. He is extremely calculating uh, to the point of paralysis often for the most part. He, his, he loves to stay in between first and second base in a pickle-like situation, um, not ever getting anywhere. He want, he, his whole goal, it seems to be, is to be a ship without a destination, to never really come in anywhere as long as he's still in that uh, governor's chair. Hey, that sounds like our out. governor. Yeah, that did yeah. well. Yeah, we're yeah, we've got a new guy that's that exact exact type of person. But um, is he like an oil type guy, or what's his background? Yeah, he's an oil type guy. He um, Yes, he has basically uh, long-standing ties with the oil. Um, obviously, huge on deregulation, which is here, which is you know Texas's main Dude, bag. We that's have- why it was so fucking insane that like he was one of the people that was going out and blaming the Green New Deal for 
like everyone's power basically not existing during a um insane freeze that they're experiencing like he he's the fucking governor and he was saying that type of thing as if the green new deal was real right now and also had been enacted in specifically texas yeah the green new deal and solar panels on people's yeah. homes is the reason why gritty charged people twenty thousand dollars for electricity oh my god there was like so just a quick follow-up on that there was like some people who were able to um, wholesale their energy to like their house somehow. And because of like the demand on power are now facing like $20,000 bills for the power that they use during that period. Mm. And knowing these companies, they'll just give them an opportunity to like pay it monthly for like the rest of their lives, (laughs) give them a payment plan. They charge like an insane rate, like $1,200 per megawatt hour, which is like, yeah, at least 400 times what like the normal rate is like, like my power bill for like the month is like 50 bucks here. Yeah. What we've done in Texas is essentially create like an ACA type situation, but for energy, um, it is, a uh, convoluted nightmare with like literally probably almost a hundred different providers. There's, you know, I think there's uh, 20 some different providers, at least in my area in Texas, all touting within those programs, you know, 20 other uh, like rates in the energy, like programs you can pay for. It's incredibly convoluted, but what it boils down to is Texas um, keeps energy expensive or controls the price by keeping it scarce they make sure that it maintains artificially high by not investing in batteries or any other sustainable uh, energy storage so it stays lean and mean kind of like a startup type of you know idea where uh you know you don't have a lot of uh of your product that people want so there's this artificial scarcity that comes in handy and it makes them a lot of easy money when say there's like a big swing in the temperature like there is often in texas that it goes up to you know it swings 90 degree or like 30 degrees and it goes up to like 98 in a day so they they capitalize off those types of swings what they aren't prepared for however are things more aggressive and crippling such as cold that lasts a little while there's no contingency and there's no supply for those situations that uh, artificial scarcity becomes um, a desert of energy. And because there's no links to other grids, yeah, Texas neighboring has its state own grids, grid, yeah. we have other our own El Paso. Yeah. Because Texas, you know, live free. Yeah. And it's so, it's so fr- like for here, we all have like the same power company. I think we just have like one option, but it's a private company because of course we can't, we can't let like a utility like be available for people without somebody being able to make massive profits off of it. Mm-hmm. In a corporation. Owned by Warren Buffett. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so it's like, why the fuck can we not just do these things that are inherently public goods why can they not just be public services that are provided by the state? Because and that's by the communism, state, I mean, Kyle, and we can't it's, allow that. It's, it's, man, it just absolutely blows my mind how, like, bad this country is at literally everything. Like, we, it's, it, this country just is an MLM scheme just made to let people scrape some off the top. And that's, we have built our entire 
society based on the idea that everything should be able to be profited off of. And it's just that this is, this is where it gets us. And Texas is a great example of what that is like in, uh, in action. Which is why you get like Greg Abbott going on Fox news, talking about how like, this is fucking solar power and the green new deals fault, despite the green new deal, not even being a real thing and not even being a piece of legislation that's ever been voted on. They know because that, like, ev- yeah. When everything has failed and your entire government has reached a state of completely inactive paralysis, all you have left is culture war. I've said it already on this pod, yeah. and this is just another example. This is exhibit B. Last time we talked about it, that was exhibit A. That's all we have left in this country is yeah, culture that, war. That was the experiment, and it failed. <laughs> yeah. so. Honestly, there's no one who thinks conservatives are dumber than dog shit than conservative politicians. Yeah. Like that's, that's why they'll go on Fox News and just spout off all these things to you because they know they'll eat it up. Just like, oh, yeah, it was, um, the power grid failed not because we didn't bother to winterize it for the last 10 years since the last time this happened, but uh, because... Uh, a uh, transgender Muslim terrorist blew it up. <laughs> well, I mean, and like that was so like that was why it was so easy for them to like point at California during like their insane wildfires and be like, oh, this is what happens when it's run by a blue state. But it's like all the power companies that were in uh, in California that ended up causing a lot of the fires were all just private companies that refused to up- update infrastructure because it's not profitable to update infrastructure when you don't have to or when they feel like they don't have to. And the crazy so. thing is, like, and you were saying it too, like pointing out to the blue states that this happens to, like both sides do this crap now just because like yeah. none of them like have any sort of stake in the game and making things better. It's just like pointing out like how the other side is worse. I mean, it's just two capitalist parties. Yeah. And yeah. they're arguing about whose form of the is like worse, I guess. I don't, I, I mean, don't know. Michael Moore had a tweet today where he pretty much just said Jesus. like, well, <laughs> I guess Texas doesn't want to do anything about COVID. I guess we'll just take all that vaccine now. It's like, dude, him like, so I expect it from people like, like Keith Olbermann tweeted some shit like that, where same, he was same, just like almost like same the same tweet. At yeah, that, same that mentality sentence. be like, oh, because you because someone lives in a red state, like saying like, oh, oh, he uh, Keith Olbermann in response to um, you know the the lifting of the mask mandate thing um, said like, okay, well now that you've taken this side of the virus, guess you guys don't get any vaccine, and it's like. Don't don't ever do that yeah. ever ever do that. Especially Michael Moore because he's Michael from, Moore should know better. Yeah, he's from Flint, Michigan too. So just because like Michigan went red in 2016 and elected like Rick Snyder, does that mean we don't have to replace the lead pipes in in Flint now? Because apparently you want it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. My, yeah. I mean, they all should know better, but Michael Moore especially, like with what he's dealt with. Like seriously, all it would take for him to say say the same thing about Flint would be for them to have a Republican governor, which really could potentially happen. Like, I don't understand that mindset at all. It's it's the conflating of like regular people with powerful politicians. Like they're not the same. Your conservative neighbor is not fucking Greg Abbott. Like these people are wielding power and and it's it's a it's a different ballgame. So you can you can hate Republican governors if you want to, and you probably should, but like people who live in the states that in in which they're governed by like do not take anything out on, on them especially when it comes to public health like vaccine or clean water for instance and even then like if you like even entertain the notion of like those tweets to begin with too like 
like Texas is still like forty five percent voted Democrat too. So what you're saying is just like 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 forty five percent of the state doesn't really matter, even though the and if you include people who actually like didn't vote at all, it's like forty percent voted Republican in the last election, or even less. Like yeah. it's just stupid logic that they never use, but it's always just like a, my team actually does things the right way. Your team is bad. Yeah, there was a statistic. Uh, there was a statistic that I saw going around uh, Twitter, <laughs> where it laid out the uh, profiles of voting, and it essentially broke down to sixteen percent of the total population of Texas voted for Greg Abbott and people like him. So we're we're talking about a percentage of a percentage, uh, yeah. nowhere near a majority or even half of a majority. Uh, voted for this guy and uh, then you have guys like Michael Moore like you said should know better like a guy who's been on the right side of a lot of things and has the right you know at least analysis of many sticky American situations but uh, you know it feels like sometimes like he's right about things but then someone like slips him some like Andy Richter pheromones or some like central <laughs> liberal type of thing like he gets like a Hollywood like he maybe goes off and makes a project and gets you know a little disconnected from things and comes back and yeah 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 fuck you Texans yeah he just switches brains with like Alec Baldwin for like yeah a day. it's yeah it's really bizarre like exactly terminally lib brain that just sinks back in especially when we know how many obstacles people have in this country when it comes to like voting in particular and you look at someone like Dan Crenshaw's district and how it's drawn like people are not responsible for the representatives that they have <laughs> like this is this has been very much deliberately manufactured to the point where um like yeah we, we have very little control over this type of thing kyle why are you guys um, single out a troop like that that's that's not sorry nice. sorry this, yeah the, the first yeah. time i saw dan crenshaw's fucking gerrymandered district i realized like i never ever have to take this guy seriously ever again because if he was in like any other district or any other state he would not get elected to fucking county dog walker yeah i only i don't think he could win a senate seat like no. in, in texas like his yeah his his uh um area is a complete joke um his district like, his district looks like a raptor claw yeah dude it's a big old fucking hook yeah um but like the whole thing with easing the mask mandates out of nowhere like our governor pretended for a really fucking long time that he didn't have the authority to do a statewide mask mandate and like the mask mandates here like they are largely symbolic but even if like i mean they really did make a difference here early on when we had them just in like uh in in the county that we live in and like the cities that we live in they were instituted a a more even more local level first um and it wasn't until like shit got really out of control where the governor's like oh yeah no uh this statewide it's like oh well you guys said you didn't have the authority to do this for a while and so now they're acting like oh because they're already on like borrowed ground when it comes to the authority like oh that's it was kind of in the gray area now we just got to get out of that as quickly as possible but like I mean, realistically, there are going to be people who get who get infected by this virus that wouldn't have been previously. And that that would be the case here, Um, because there was a material difference in in a lot of situations there. It's obviously certainly not perfect. And there are certain areas, especially of this state and I'm sure of Texas as well, where it's just who like no one fucking cares. 
Um, but when you're signaling to a bunch of people that like, oh yeah, we've got this thing defeated when you're, when you're going out there in the first week of March a year ago saying like this virus has been eradicated from the United States, like you're sending messages that like things are fine when we're in a once in a century pandemic where things are not fine and we are literally a year into this and we're finally seeing like the light at the end of the tunnel when it comes to vaccines. And this is absolutely not the time to be easing any restrictions because like Europe and Africa, uh, South Africa in particular, but Europe is seeing a lot of like the um, mutated versions of the virus that are uh, one more deadly and two e more easily transmissible. Um, and there's still questions about the potential efficacy of some of these vaccines against potential virus mutations. So the ones that we know about right now seem to be fine. Um, but it's just like, like really, like we couldn't, you couldn't just like hold on for like another like two months. <laughs> you know what it literally, you know what it feels like? It kind of feels like Texas and Mi Mississippi are pulling a Kalen clay. Oh now, yeah. Dan, Mississippi's doing do you, the same thing. Yeah. Do you way. remember, I don't know if you remember Kalen clay, he was a university of Utah wide receiver and he had a really great catch and where he broke away in a Utah, Oregon game years ago and had, no one within, I don't know, 10, 15 yards from him. And he ends up spiking the football on the one yard line mm. and, and oh, Oregon <clears throat> and, or yeah. And it ended up like Utah had all the momentum and like, we're looking like they were going to beat a top five team. And it was going to be like one of the greatest wins in Utah football history. And Kalen clay drops the ball on like the half yard line, Oregon picks it up, runs it all, runs it all the way. And then they end up winning by like two touchdowns. Mm. Like that's what America like, and, you, and, and you know, like Texas and Mississippi are the first dominoes to fall, but like, this is just a precursor. Like this is a movie trailer for the rest of the country. No, Phil I, Lyman was on yeah. the floor of the Utah house today. Just saying, yeah, like, we need to take, we need to stop it right now. We, we're done with the restrictions like whatever literally restrictions everything are. is yeah. yeah everything is open it's literally you just have to wear a mask when you Bro, go I, was, business. I was down in st george uh over the weekend which is like a really small town it's like 90 minutes from vegas that's like got really pretty rocks and like great hiking and biking trails so i went down there and was hanging out with my brother um but i would say maybe five percent of the population when i was there was wearing a mask Oh, if like that. there's yeah, like maybe I'm I'm talking like maybe one in twenty, and this is in grocery oh. stores and in restaurants and like so like the, the mask mandate down there isn't isn't doing anything. Yeah, and it like doesn't there, exist. There, it doesn't exist, right? And like there are so many towns across the nation that are just like this. So like it's not really going to change a whole lot. Oh. Yeah, I mean um, we made it sorry. a culture war issue, like. Yeah. Like, well, not we, but like the pejorative sense, like we as a nation decided like, um, actually me wearing a mask is actually virtue signaling, despite the fact it keeps whatever spittle inside my mouth from going inside all the orifices on all your, on all your heads, which is where you get disease. But you know what? That's still virtue signaling, even in the, in the middle of a pandemic. And the funny thing is like, I could, I didn't get the flu this year. Like, oh, I didn't dude, get a cold this year. Like no one in in Utah. They were talking about the statistics of child flu in, in Utah this year. It's like the low. I mean, it's easily the lowest. They they had like count under like 20 cases, just absurdly low numbers because of like uh, 
because of the precautions being taken, and, which, if anything, are a lot lower than they should be, but still. And when I lived in Korea, too, like, I always thought, like, huh, a lot of people wear masks here. I wonder what it is. I completely get it now. Yeah. And shit, I'm probably going to keep doing it after COVID's over anyway, just because, yes. like, I love masks. Like, they're the greatest thing ever, mainly because I'm antisocial and hate people. And anything that keeps people from talking to me and also like keeps me healthy, I am totally for. Agreed. Well, um, you know, any, any closing thoughts on, on Texas, my friends? Help. <laughs> Please send Dan help. some help. Send, yeah. Dan, help. I, I, I don't know if you ever saw that video. It went like super viral and it, it was of a protest that took place in St. George, the town that Greg just mentioned. And it was like, people protesting oh against masks and there was like someone like this old woman saying like pedophiles love masks and this yes. child saying like masks yeah. make you more sick or something like that and, yeah, and that's, like, that's and like the town to like the school board president it's like we've been trying to like tell people like there's not much we can do about this and then like cut to like the <laughs> reporters like and then the people tried to break into the school it's like what? Well, <laughs> yeah, was, the, the school was, guy was like they he's like yeah so they like barricaded the doors this morning and i couldn't get into work and like there's nothing i can do like this is at a state level and i just work at the district too so and then there was the lady they interviewed who was conflating George Floyd's murder oh. to wearing a mask. She said oh. when George Floyd, he said he couldn't breathe and he died. And now we're saying that we can't breathe. It's like, <laughs> what about that? What about that? <laughs> I mean, it fits in so perfectly with our last episode where we talked about like how like since that region calls itself Dixie, they are so very upset with removing that from any sort of like institution. Oh, or which did get confirmed today. College. So they're changing the name of the university. It's no longer Dixie State. They're still saying they're going to keep Dixie oh on it God. somehow or something. It's, it's the I, dumbest thing ever. You know, I tweeted it out last week and I stand by it. And I say the only thing that St. George residents have in common with the Dixie South is they're giant fucking losers. <laughs> <laughs> Oh yeah, that just reminds me. Like I was driving to work today, and I saw like a Confederate flag Punisher skull on the back of someone's car, and just like, never have I ever been like overcome with the urge just to drive my car into <laughs> someone else. But like, I was like thinking like I've seen all those world's wildest police chases. I could just pit maneuver this guy really easily and keep going. Oh man, Who's, who would know? Yeah. Yep. This has been well, very damaging to my brand as a man named Greg <laughs> and a truck guy. That's right. <laughs> This is, this is fucking me up. Uh, you're taking the mantle from the Kyle and the monster brand that, uh, <laughs> and the wall punching. Um, the last thing, like, I, I, I think, I think that's about it for tonight. The last thing I want to mention is I encourage anyone who likes the NBA to go look up the video of Candace Parker teaching Shaq about, uh, the modern pick and roll. Yes. Because <laughs> anyone who's like been like, wow, Shaq doesn't seem to know a lot about the modern game. Um, and then you watch Candace Parker on inside uh, the Tuesday version of TNT, not the Thursday version where she and Dwayne Wade were basically just like telling him, yeah, like, no, you don't really know what you're talking about. It was really good. I really enjoyed that. Yeah. Shaq's, Shaq's presence on inside the NBA has turned from like fun, jovial and like adversarial to like court ordered. It Dude, become... he seriously <laughs> seems like he's serving a sentence. He's like, well, I want a ring. 
Yeah, okay. like he's not going to get to see his kids if he doesn't sit here and say at least one dumb thing about Dude. like the triangle offense. He looks while, miserable while also sounding like he just has an entire mouth full of marbles. Yeah, dude, he like he, he just, just <laughs> he sounds like he's playing chubby bunny. Yeah, dude, he does not seem like he's having a good time. And, and someone, um, oh man, I, I wish I could find it, but someone was talking about how Shaq's gonna end up just being the guy who is just known as like the the fat dude. Oh yeah. Someday soon the majority of NBA fans will think Shaquille O'Neal primarily as a fat guy in a suit who makes bad commercials and complains. And that will mostly be his fault. <laughs> they really yeah. like, he's like, he does nothing for his legacy at all by just like complaining all the time and being annoying at this point. The, the Thursday inside the NBA has just become such like a angry, like past their prime, like just soundboard for all of it too. just be like, Remember when the NBA was better? Yeah. It's like, all right, man, and that's like, cool. Yeah, um, and, and like when you have to put them up against like, like in this instance, like a woman who has to like obviously know her shit to be able to be on this show. Like they have to work so her and like Doris Burke, for example, have to know so much more shit to actually get those jobs to where. So when they actually come face to face with someone who just like inherited it because he's Shaq, and you're like, oh, like he doesn't actually do anything like valuable. Well, Shaq didn't really have to learn the pick and roll too much when he even played. So yeah, every day is like three production assistants battling like a constant bat, a fight to like make sure Shaq doesn't challenge Candace Parker to one on one, like right there in the studio. Oh man, I would actually watch that because I'm fairly certain he would just get smoked. Yeah. <laughs> Probably I, at this point, absolutely. Just zero mobility. Well, now his his prime skills right now are sitting there being sulky and sounding like he's eating an entire sandwich with the cardboard container. Also, <laughs> it's a beautiful sound. It's great ASMR for the for all of us at home. <laughs> we love to think about it. Well, Dan, I, I do you wanna, wanna? I wanna ring. Wanna... <laughs> I, wanna, I wanna ring. Dan, do you wanna fire off some uh, plugs here and then uh, we'll call it a night? Uh, yeah, I mean, I don't have much to promote. I'm writing a little bit for cron.com. My Twitter handles at the Dr. Carson. I'm not a doctor. Uh, those are my initials and nice. people get confused, but, uh, I just want to thank you guys for having me on. This was a lot of fun. Dude, it was our pleasure. It was a good, it was a was great. real good time. Hell yeah. Pray for Texas. We need it. Yeah. Um, yes. Pray for the people of Texas and that, uh, Greg Abbott, um, well, I'll let you fill in the blanks there. But uh, Jordan, Greg, any closing Listen, thoughts, my friends? Um, I would just hope that uh, Texas Governor Greg Abbott uh, just doesn't accidentally get wheeled in the traffic at any point. Because, I mean, I, that would just break my heart into a million pieces. That would be too bad. <laughs> I, wouldn't, I, do, I do not want to see that happen. I would just cry. Like, I would hate if someone just, like, tried to reenact the scene from Mac and Me with him. Because that would just be so sad. <laughs> yes parody we're watching a we're, yeah we're looking at a parody sign this time parody parody greg close us out my friend uh there were seven new covid cases in the nba today happy nba all-star weekend enjoy magic city everyone good night <laughs> choose, <laughs> choose the left thanks guys Amarillo by morning 
up from San Antonio. Everything that I got is just what I've got on. When that sun is high in that Texas sky, I'll be bucking at the county fair. Amarillo by morning. Amarillo, I'll be there. They took my saddle in Houston, broke my leg in Santa Fe. Lost my wife and a girlfriend somewhere along the way. But I'll be looking for eight when they pull that gate, and I hope that judge ain't blind. Amarillo by morning. Amarillo's on my mind 